Hello, and welcome to Rough Edges Podcast with Sarah I. Fox. In this podcast, I will guide you through my faith and mental health journey to dispel the stigma surrounding mental illness and to create an empowering resource for those who wish to discover more about these topics. I pray that this podcast will not only bless you, but that it will bring growth and healing to our communities. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rough Edges. Have you ever felt like all of your accomplishments are too good to be true, or they're just a stepping stone to get you into other things that you want to do? Or have you ever felt like nothing that you do is ever really good enough, or that you need to have a big purpose outside of your pain and just a lot of feelings of self-doubt and insecurity when it comes to actually fulfilling your purpose. Well, if that sounds like you, you're in great company because today I'm going to be talking about self-doubt, how my community helped me to validate my worth and I'm also going to be talking about an episode of Bojack Horseman which dives deep into these themes of what it means to have self-doubt and what it means to actually have a purpose outside of your pain. And I also love BoJack Horseman, and I thought, why not talk about it during mental health in the media in this season? So yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And the real reason why I'm talking about this topic is because I have a tendency to bypass my achievements and not really celebrate the things that I've accomplished. And to give you an example of that, at the time of this recording, this was this past week on Wednesday, I got an email from Good Pod saying that Rough Edges podcast was in the top 100 mental health podcasts at number 58. And honestly, I didn't know how to react because at first I was a bit confused as to why Good Pods was even sending me an email. And also, I didn't think I was that high on the list. Um, so it was like a huge deal for me, especially since it not only tells me that people out there are listening, but it also tells me that what I'm talking about is important and that people should be able to hear it. But I just kept feeling in the back of my mind, oh, what's next? Like, how am I supposed to maintain this momentum? How am I supposed to actually just not only enjoy this momentous occasion, but also how do I move on from here? Like, what's next for Rough Edges outside of this achievement? And not only did I achieve that, but I also got 10,000 views on my personal blog and I was able to update my website after an amazing coaching call with a podcast coach that I was working with. And all of these things kind of happened within the same week. And I didn't know really how to just celebrate those accomplishments. And I also kind of felt a little guilty about celebrating them. In all transparency, 
I just wanted to get over it as quickly as I could so that I could move on to the next best thing. And I think that's the problem with doubting yourself. Self-doubt is something that is always looking for the next best thing. Like the finish line is always moving and it gives you that fear of success. It makes you think, okay, if I achieve this thing, will that be it? Like, will that be good enough? You're always looking for the next best thing. And not only does it give you a fear of success, but it makes you doubt whether you can maintain the success that you have. And frankly, it really causes you to think like, okay, if I achieve, let's say I want to get to 100 listeners by the end of this month. Let's say I get to that 100 listeners by the end of the month. I'm always looking at, okay, I got to 100 listeners. Let me go and see if I could get 200 or 300. Then you're looking at 500. Then you're looking at 1,000. And it's really always trying to outdo your own self just because you doubt that it could get any better from here. And I wanted to talk about self-doubt because it's something that I really struggle with and it's something that kind of holds me back in terms of like actually celebrating myself and my progress. And so it kind of begs the question, why do I doubt myself? Because yes, I know that self-doubt is something I shouldn't do, but why do I keep falling back into a pattern of doing that anyway? So the first reason as to why I really doubt myself a lot is due to my perfectionism. I am, I wouldn't say an extreme perfectionist because I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I am a perfectionist and I usually want things to be proper, spotless, and I just want things to be the best that they can be. And that includes myself. And so if I'm not performing at an optimal level, I berate myself, I beat myself up, and I get really mad at myself for not performing at my highest capacity. And with that, it brings me to the second reason as to why I doubt myself, which is because I have a serious inner critic. Like, I feel like everybody does have an inner critic. And that critic is just the meanest, most terrible person in the world. And it's it's you. You are your own worst critic. And honestly, I am my own worst critic. Because every time that I achieve something, I always try to downplay it. I always go, oh, that could have been better. Or, oh, I don't think I could do that. It, it seems a little above my pay grade. Or, oh... I'm doing this for no reason. I'm doing all this work for no reason. How does it fit into my greater purpose? And we always, well, at least for me, I always downplay the things that I really want to do. And even if it's just for fun, it would be like, oh, that's stupid. Why would you want to do that? Like, I've always wanted to go skydiving. And I'm afraid of heights. I know it sounds silly, but I just really want to be able to experience that thrill of just being able to go skydiving. And my inner critic would literally look at something as small as skydiving and say, why would you want to do that? That's stupid. You're afraid of heights. You could die. Why would you want to do that? And so just having that inner critic always there to just 
demean and criticize your achievements and the things that you're actually passionate about and what you want to do, that's something that I really struggle with as well. I also struggle with comparison. And this is a big one for me because I'm always looking at what other people are doing. Or I always, again, minimize my achievements based on what other people have achieved. And to be honest, I find myself doing that even with podcasting. Sometimes I would look at other platforms and I would say, huh, they're doing something. Something is working for them because they're like in the thousands and they have over 10,000 like monthly downloads or blah, blah, blah. And I just get so caught up in the numbers. I would look at that and then I would look at my numbers and be like, am I doing anything? Like, am I doing enough? Am I actually making an impact? And those feelings would actually cause me to start spiraling. And, you know, it's just not really a good pattern. And so those are really the reasons why I doubt myself. I am perfectionistic. I have an inner critic that is relentless and I constantly, constantly compare myself to other people because I want to be doing better for myself. And this kind of brings me into my next segment, which is how my community has helped kind of rein me in, in terms of like validating my worth and showing me that I don't have to doubt myself because I am making an impact just not in the way that I think that I am, but I'm making a significant impact. And it kind of brings me to certain moments that happened to me within this week and also over this weekend that really forced me to kind of sit down and assess, like, what is it that I am competing against? And what is it that I am running from that is making me doubt myself? Because in all seriousness, self-doubt is something that kind of just causes you to look at yourself and focus on all the negative aspects of yourself. And for me, I had to really just sit down and assess like, okay, what are things that I have accomplished? And what are things that I have accomplished despite the odds? That brings me to my first point of how my community helped, where it showed me that I needed to celebrate the wins. I post the big wins because I want to be able to celebrate with my community. And I will say that when I posted about the top 100 mental health chart on Instagram, my community was just overflowing with positive comments. They were just so happy and they were able to celebrate with me. And that was something that was so touching to me because it not only showed me that, you know, my community rallies around me and celebrates the wins just as much as I do, but it also shows that what I'm doing is making an impact and that people have meaningful encounters with my podcast and just celebrating the wins in your life or even just writing them down and just seeing how far you come that is something that can really really help you to navigate self-doubt because when the doubts come you can be able to like literally pull out your notebook or literally point to some tangible evidence that hey despite what i'm going through despite what i'm managing 
I am able to make a difference. I am able to fulfill a purpose and I am able to make a significant impact in the lives of others through this work that I'm doing. So it's not a matter of, oh, I didn't get to like 5 million followers on Instagram yet. The thing is, I don't have to get there to know that things are working. Yes, it would be nice if I had millions of followers, but that's not the end-all be-all, and that's not the real goal. The goal is the one for me. If I had one person chat me and say, hey, Sarah, the episode that you posted on, let's say, I don't know, like the episode on depression really helped me be able to navigate my own, or you sharing your story helped me to actually seek mental health treatment. Like those things to me are way better and they speak louder volumes than just the statistics of the thing. Yes, the numbers matter, but also the lives matter, the people matter the impact that your podcast is making, or not even a podcast, but just the impact of the work that you do, whether that be blogging, art, music, like whatever it is that you find yourself doing, that makes an impact and that helps other people more than you just looking at the statistics or like how many followers do I have or what country am I heard in today? Like, (laughs) Yes, those things are just like added benefits, but it's not the sole purpose of why I'm doing it. And it shouldn't be the sole purpose of why you're doing it either. The second thing that I kind of want to highlight of how my community actually helped me through this was literally being honest about my fears with someone else. And I had a wonderful conversation with just like a wonderful support, wonderful mental health advocate. And she and I were talking about this very thing, like me feeling like I'm not really doing enough, me wondering if the podcast is even working because I don't have thousands of followers and all of that. And I was even sharing with her about my fears of not really making as much of a difference as I think I am. And me wondering like what it is that I need to do with the podcast and that was also following the top 100 chart announcement like all of these things just goes to show you that you are your own worst enemy sometimes because while everybody was like wow Sarah this is a huge achievement I'm thinking oh but I still have less than a thousand followers on Instagram and it's like just really even like processing it right now as I'm like recording this it's just amazing to me how when you focus on the negative aspects of things it could really cloud your judgment and really cause you not to see the good that you're doing and as I was honest with my fears Uh, to one of my fellow podcasters and bipolar advocates, as I was talking to her about how I was feeling, she made me realize that when I look back at how far I've come and when I look back at all the wins and the things that I was able to achieve despite having bipolar disorder, it's a lot. And she even had to remind me of some of the things that I'm doing. And she was just speaking so much life and encouragement to me 
And it made me realize that, yes, I have achieved a lot, especially despite living with a mental health condition and learning how to manage that as well. So I really appreciated me just being honest about my fears and being met with encouragement from a good friend of mine. So thanks for that. Since I'm talking of just how to navigate self-doubt, I thought I'd bring in an episode of BoJack Horseman that kind of talks about these issues as well. So before I get into the episode, I just want to say that I am a huge BoJack Horseman fan. Like, I only really became a fan in like 2020 because one, it was during, you know, the pandemic quarantine and I was just curious about it anyway. And I just started watching the episode and I fell in love with the show. Like the show came out while I was in high school. So I didn't really know much about it and I didn't really have much interest in checking it out because just from looking at like the trailers and the promo, I didn't think that show was for me. But even in high school, I remember people talking about it and saying, hey, this show is so amazing. Like it's very profound, it's really funny, and it's just very entertaining all around. It's really sad, but it's hilarious. And just that sounded like an oxymoron, but it really is the truth because some elements of the show are just very sad, but then other elements of it are just so hilarious. You're wondering, okay, how is this so funny and so sad all at the same time? But Bojack Horseman follows the titular character Bojack, and he is half horse, half man. And he is a washed up sitcom actor from the 90s. And he's really just riding out his glory days in present day. And it follows like his struggles with like addiction, his struggles with alcoholism, his struggles with, you know, depression, and just like a whole bunch of other aspects of what it means to be a celebrity in Hollywood what the media looks like, what celebrity culture looks like. And it not only follows Bojack, but it follows people in his life, like his mom and his agent, Princess Carolyn, and his rival, Mr. Peanut Butter, and also his memoirist and friend, Diane, and his roommate, Todd. And so it kind of follows all these characters. But today... I just wanted to talk about one episode in particular, and it's called Good Damage, and it's season six, episode 10, and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm leaving all of the spoiler elements in the episode out for this particular podcast episode, but I really, really love this episode, and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough because everybody's so focused on, you know, just the quote-unquote masterpieces within the show but I really love Good Damage because it talks about what healing from trauma looks like and it also highlights the fact that there is purpose within the pain but it's not really in the way that we think the purpose is going to come from but I'm getting ahead of myself but the Real crux of Good Damage comes from the fact that Diane is trying to write a memoir about herself. So a little bit of 
of a background on Diane, she is a ghostwriter. And so she writes memoirs for like big celebrities. And she started off in the show as writing a memoir or ghostwriting a memoir for Bojack. So she, at this point in the show, wants to write a memoir about herself because she's like, hey, I'm tired of writing about other people. I want to write a story about me and I want to be able to share my story and my healing journey so that other people could heal, especially young girls who are going through the same thing. So Diane was trying to write her memoir and it detailed her pain, but she is struggling to write it because she feels that her pain isn't worth writing about. So the way that the episode is structured is that every time Diane goes to write, the visuals on the screen kind of take on a black and white, more of like a sketch of like all of her thoughts. And so she would be writing and she'll be like, okay, my name is Diane. I was born in Boston. And as she's talking, it's just like, ooh, maybe I'll write that later. Or, oh, maybe I'll fix that later. I have to edit this. And it's literally just her thoughts on the page. And it goes from being what she's writing into all these different like spiraling thoughts like she's thinking oh what if no one reads this what if people don't like it what if my pain isn't worth writing about and she goes into this spiral really boils down to what if my damage what if the things that i went through what if that isn't good damage and i really 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 love that question you want to be able to make a purpose out of your pain, but it doesn't really come out the way that you want. Like in Diane's case, she wanted to write a very profound, gritty memoir that focused on trauma and how to manage trauma. But instead, she wrote a book about Ivy Tran the food court detective. And so this came from a very funny interaction that she had with a girl in a store. She was one of the cashiers and her name was Ivy. And she was just talking about the missing, there was some missing food in the cafeteria or some other things. And she was just talking about those mysteries. And Diane, in writing her book, she instead wrote about this food court detective. And then she realizes, wait, I'm not even writing about my memoir anymore. I'm writing a fun mystery novel for kids, and this is not what I wanted to write about. This brings me to the first point, which is purpose comes in different forms, right? Like with Ivy Tran, yes, it wasn't the book that Diane wanted to write, and even Princess Carolyn, which is the agent again, she wanted to get Diane's book published so that she could make a movie off of the book. And it's a whole convoluted thing. But one thing that I really loved that Princess Carolyn told Diane was that, hey, maybe you don't write the memoir that you want to write, or maybe you don't write the book about trauma. But what if the Ivy Tran book fulfills a purpose as well? And she was telling Diane that she would like a world where her daughter could read a book like that and know that there are great women authors out there who are, you know, writing good books like this. And Diane was just like, you know what? Yeah, this book is a product of 
things that I went through, but just not in a way that I thought it was going to be. Like the package came very different than what Diane thought it was going to be. And I just really love that because it shows us that what we are doing has a purpose and we shouldn't be able to like compare ourselves to other people or we shouldn't be able to just downplay all of our achievements if it's not looking in the way that we thought it was going to look. And that brings me to one final point about, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but it's called Kintsugi, which is the Japanese art form of breaking bowls or vases or, you know, any other like clay or glass object breaking those objects and then putting them back together with gold. And I really love this analogy because that was brought up in the episode of Good Damage where Diane is like, I want to be like that. I want to be like a beautiful gold salad bowl with gold in the cracks and just a beautiful work of art. And she was just stressing so much that she wanted to be a beautiful work of art. And if I could really talk to Diane, and I know she's a fictional character, but humor me, but if I would talk to Diane, I would tell her that her quote-unquote damage isn't damage. Like, yes, it was something bad that she went through, but it is part of the tapestry of her life. Like, every single experience that she's had, it has made her who she is. And whether or not she wants to believe that it actually is good damage or bad damage or whatever the case may be, her life is a testament to the fact that you can achieve a lot of good despite what you're going through. And that's something that I have to tell myself because a lot of the times, again, I doubt myself and I doubt my worth. I doubt my purpose. But the thing is, I need to give myself a lot of grace in this process because yes, I am not where I want to be, but I thank God every day that I'm not where I used to be. And that in of itself is something to celebrate and something to be appreciative of because yes, I do want to make a difference, but I should just sit back and allow God to do what he needs to do with this platform. And I am so grateful to all of you who continue to listen and all of you who continue to support me because it is something that I not only appreciate, but it's something that really validates me and keeps me going. And without you guys, I wouldn't have hit the top 100 chart in Good Pods. So I just thank you guys for your constant support. I thank you so much to just my friends and my coaches, my mentors, and people in my life who have just kept me grounded. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to encourage you that whatever it is that you're going through, you don't have to pressure yourself to make a purpose out of it or to even make it good damage. You have a story to tell, and whether you tell it to 10 people, 100 people, a million people, or even one person, you sharing your story and your experiences with healing 
is enough to help other people believe that they can heal as well. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for more empowering episodes on Rough Edges. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rough Edges podcast with Sarah I. Fox. If you want more exciting updates on the podcast, follow on Instagram at rough.edges.podcast. You can also visit the official podcast website at www.roughedgespodcast.com. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.